0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Let's take our Bibles tonight, if you will, and we're going to the book of Proverbs. And we're looking at Proverb 18, Proverb 18, and uh, I'm thankful to see a rather full house this evening. Y'all must not have heard that I'm preaching tonight. So, no, but thank you. Uh, Many guests are here, and uh, thank you for being in church tonight, and some that I haven't seen in a little while face-to-face, and it's good to see y'all as well, and uh, thank the Lord for you. We're in Proverb, Proverb 18, and uh, this week, if you've had the opportunity to tune in to the winning side. Uh, I've been filling in for pastor, and uh, we've, we've tried to do a word of the day. And so each day is a different word. And today, I actually have another word of the day for us, or word of the evening. And uh, so anyway, I'm gonna give you that word, and then we'll, we'll talk about that word tonight. The word of the day, are you ready for this? The big reveal, the word of the day is... Word. <laughs> word. So that's our word of the day, and we'll be talking about that word, word, this evening. And we have our Bibles open, and we'll, we'll turn to several passages in proverb, uh, Proverbs. But what does word mean? I mean, sometimes word's so easy to think about, uh, is the hardest to define, right? Right? We often use the word word in everyday expressions like, maybe you've heard this one, I need to have a word with you. All right, maybe you're in trouble or maybe they just want to have a brief chat, okay? Maybe you've heard the term or the expression, oh, they just, they have empty words, meaning there's really uh, words without promise, right? You can't really count on it. Maybe you've heard the term, I give you my word. Give you my word. I promise. Maybe you've heard the expression, in a word, or in a short summary, or I have the last word. And my sister, growing up, she always just wanted to have that last word, I tell you. Another expression, man of his word, right? Uh, and we all should be men and ladies of our word, uh, someone who keeps promises. How about this one? And, and we've sung about this tonight. Spread the word, all right? Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. We've got to obey the Lord's command to give out the gospel. And so spread the word or to inform or notify. And then one expression that I use rather often is my word or oh, my word as an expression of, wow, uh, I'm amazed at whatever just happened. Okay, so my word or Uh, Something that we don't ever enjoy doing is eating our words. I enjoy eating, but not necessarily eating our words. So uh, there we go. Let's get to a more sure definition. We've explained the expressions here that we use this word in. But a simple definition tonight, which we'll be focusing on, the definition of word is our speech. Something that is said. And then to go a little bit further here, Uh, It's a written or printed character or combination of characters representing a spoken word. And so we have those two definitions. They they both work. We'll be talking uh, about a written word tonight, and we'll be talking about a spoken word tonight. I looked up, just because I like little statistics and fun facts to throw at you, so be ready for them. Here it is. It says, uh, according to the internet, and you can just trust me, you can believe everything that the internet has to say. Um, but according to the internet, a survey done, most adult native, meaning it's, it's their native tongue, uh, their first language, test takers have a, a vocabulary a range of about 20,000 to 35,000 words. Wow. Adult native test takers learn almost one new word a day until middle age. And so, interesting. According to the internet, those who know 1,000 to 3,000 words can carry an everyday conversation. I had uh, a goal when I was a teenager to learn Spanish. Como estás." I didn't do very well, but we had this program called Rosetta Stone. Anybody heard of the Rosetta Stone, all right? And um, kind of learn a language by pictures and, and by uh, visuals instead of uh, however else you learn it. Uh, But anyway, so we've got 1,000 to 3,000 words can carry an everyday conversation. I can not really carry a conversation in Spanish, so don't try. Brother Dan's actually much better at it than I am, so y'all just test his knowledge there. Knowing 4,000 to 10,000 words makes people advanced uh, language users, while knowing more than 10,000 words puts them at the fluent or native speaker level. So there you go, all right? Uh, In English... This is interesting and uh, more interesting to me because I have small children in the home. Um, but in English, the 10 most frequent first words for a baby. We can probably guess this here. And they say this is in order. I, I beg to differ here. Uh, but in order, mama, <laughs> dada. Yeah, I think both of our children said dada first. Where's my wife? Is she in here? I'll have to verify. Oh, hello up in front. Okay. <laughs> ball, buy, high, no. That's like, that was like the first one for Emma. It was no. Uh, Just kidding. She's sweet. Uh, Dog, baby. This one just threw me off here. Woof, woof. Anybody, anybody have a child that said woof, woof in the first 10 words? Okay, nobody. That's how much you can trust the internet. Uh, And then banana. And that was one of the first words for both of our children. They love bananas. Uh, They don't, fully pronounced banana, they just say nana and often confused with nana, their grandma, uh, but you know, it, it works. So uh, here we go, Let's, uh, and I think we, kn- we know this one, uh, it's just, you know, I'll, I'll repeat it just for sake of repeating it. Women use more words than men, it's just, I guess it's just natural, an average of 20,000 words a day. You've almost spoken your whole vocabulary, ladies, in one day. All right, and then men use a measly 7,000 words a day in comparison. So, Roughly 6,500 languages are spoken in the world today. The top four languages spoken are, number one is English in the world, number two is Mandarin, Chinese, number three, Hindi, and then number four, Spanish. I got to thinking about words, and words are pretty interesting to think about. And then I started thinking, I actually think in words. Isn't that interesting? And so I, I just decided to Google that. I said, well, okay, well, uh, a lot of my thoughts, I mean, it's, it's in words, right? So I wonder, how many, how many uh, words, or, or do, do, we, do we purely just think in words, or do we think you know, in visual? How does that work? And there was another study done, so I'll, I'll share you my findings. Uh, but thinking in words or visuals? research. By child development theorist, Linda Silverman suggests that less than 30% of the population strongly use visual or spatial thinking. Another 45% uses both visual, spatial thinking, and thinking in the form of words. And 25% thinks exclusively in words. Very interesting. So I thought, okay, there's the spoken word and things that we say, but then there's other words that come to our mind and we choose not to say them. And those are our thoughts. And so, therefore, I I had to go a little bit further and thought, okay, well, how many thoughts do we have per day? In addition, a new study, actually, last year, this study was done and has found that the average person has more than 6,000 thoughts every day. Researchers have developed a new way to determine the beginning and end of each thought. Isn't that interesting? Identifying this moment as a thought worm, hmm, has allowed scientists to calculate exactly how many we have a day. And the average was a staggering 6,200 thoughts per day. So you can add that to the amount of words you say. And uh, words really, that's a big part of our lives, isn't it? Using our words and communication, and that's how God created us. We are uh, social beings. So that means that even though some words aren't spoken, we still thought them. It's amazing how much words are a part of our lives. And so this evening, as we get into the word of God, I'd like to look at man's words, our words, but then I'd also like to look at the second category, which is God's word. And so would you pray with me tonight? And uh, we will get right into the message. Lord, thank you so much for your word. God, thank you that we can have church tonight. And it's, it's great to have folks come to church and ready to hear from your word. And God, I pray that as you've already blessed through the singing. Uh, through the choir special, through the uh, specials that were sung tonight. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that you'd also bless the message and bless the messenger. Help me to stand out of, my, out of your way and let you work. I pray that you speak through me, Lord, and may our hearts be open and ready to receive uh, the message that you'd have for us tonight, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If You're taking notes tonight, so we're, we're talking about man's words, our words first, and number one... According to Proverbs 18, verse 21, we'll start there. The Bible says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Our words are powerful. These are all going to start with P, by the way, so just get ready. Powerful. I thought, man, there's there's a lot of, of folks in history we can think about I can just probably uh, quote a quote for you, and you'd know exactly who said it. And I actually have some of those tonight, so we'll put you to the test. But some great orators in our history. Someone once said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Does anybody know who said that? I started with a hard one. Winston Churchill. All right. America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. That was Abraham Lincoln said that. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be one nation gone under. Ronald Reagan. Great president there. He he had some some wise words there. Uh, How about this one? Don't all shout it at me at once now. Give me liberty or give me death. Okay, somebody give me an answer here. What is it? Patrick Henry. I was ready for at least a little more than that. Y'all threw me off guard there. And then ending with the easiest one, I have a dream. Martin Luther King Jr. All right. So words are powerful. I think we, we can understand that. The word of God says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And no doubt, what we say it could either help tremendously or hurt tremendously. It could give life or it could take life away. Our words are powerful. In Proverbs 25, would you turn a little bit further in your, book, uh, in, in your Bible there, in the book of Proverbs, to 25 and verse 15. Proverbs 25 and verse 15, the Bible says about our words, "...by long forbearing is the prince persuaded..." and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. Our words can persuade. Our words can persuade. It says, For, uh, by long forbearing is a prince persuaded, and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. A very evil man in history, but yet a very persuasive man in history, by the name of Adolf Hitler, once said, only constant repetition will finally succeed in imprinting an idea upon the memory of a crowd." He also said to be a leader means to be able to move the masses. So one of the main things early on that he focused on was to try to sway the masses, to try to convince them and persuade them that his way was the only way. He kind of gave that up a little bit later and started using just more violence and overtook. Uh, I I think he had uh, 30-something percent of the popular vote there in Germany uh, when the elections had taken, starting with 3% of the popular vote. But words can persuade. We find in the Bible, in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, we find a man by the name of Sennacherib. He came up against the, the nation of Israel, and uh, Hezekiah was king at the time. Sennacherib came up, and, and, and he tried to persuade the people of Israel to forsake their king, Hezekiah, for their own good, because they, uh, Sennacherib is just going to wipe them out if they don't. And, and you know th- that God that y'all serve, it's just like the other gods, don't worry, uh, we're going to destroy your God too, and, and we're going to destroy you if you don't obey. That was Sennacherib trying to persuade the people of Israel. But yet Hezekiah, it's amazing, his response to, to Sennacherib, and, and he, he spoke, uh, he sent letters, uh, he had his, his army and his people surround the Hebrews and speak in the Hebrew tongue and just uh, make him really on edge and really nervous. But yet, what did Hezekiah do after all those attacks? The Bible says he spread it before the Lord. He went directly to the Lord about it. But yet we see that our words can be very persuasive. Proverb 15, would you turn back there? I know it's it's a lot of page turning here. At at least we're staying in the same book. But Proverbs 15 and verse 1, the Bible says a soft answer, turneth away wrath, But grievous words stir up anger. What can words do? They can provoke. They can provoke. I had it happen today. I was driving in the parking lot, and somebody just pulled right out in front of me. And I tell you what, I didn't say a word. But yet I thought about saying some words or throwing up my hands in frustration, but I didn't. But our words, if not chosen carefully, they can provoke. They can stir up anger. What else can they do in Proverbs 12, 18? The Bible says, There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. They can provoke. They can cause you pain. There's this uh, well-known saying, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm me. That's not true. <laughs> words hurt, don't they? Words are painful, aren't they? They can be. They can cause pain. If somebody goes up to you and says with a straight face, nobody likes you anyway, I'm just going to tell you, you're probably going to be a little hurt by that. Like, very hurt by that. And I'm not just talking about, you know, just being emotional, but that words hurt. They can cause pain. But there's some good to words as well. We find in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29 let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So what can words do? They can polish or they can edify. Words can build up. Uh, words can polish and, and, and help somebody. Words can shape somebody and, and, uh, and, and construct and, and build somebody up. And then in Proverbs 16, 24, we have pleasant words, or as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. They can be pleasant. Everyone, uh, at least I do, enjoys getting a compliment. Compliments feel good, don't they? I was driving with my family. We were uh, going on a trip. I forget where we were going. I, I think like an hour away. And uh, what better place to stop at in the morning before you head out of town than Chick-fil-A for breakfast? Anybody with me on that? Okay. Okay. Well, I have the Chick fil A One app, and that thing is amazing. You get points and it's rewards. And once you get enough points, you can get some free breakfast or whatever food items that you want. And uh, man, I had just racked up a lot of points. And so I thought, you know what? I think I have just about enough points to go ahead and just get the a, a whole family breakfast for free. And so, man, I, on, on that app, I was like, okay, okay I want to spend this amount of points and have a, a breakfast burrito coupon and use that today. Oh, man, those are good. And then let's get some chicken minis for the kids and for my wife, and, and uh, let, let's get some coffee for myself so I don't fall asleep at the wheel. And, man, I had this whole breakfast ready to go. I had the little hash brown rounds, which are manna from heaven. And uh, I tell you what, we just, I, I was ready to go. And, and I did the mobile order, so all I'd have to do is just pull up grab the food, and just get on the road. Don't even have to wait. And really, uh, the drive-thru is quick anyway, so you know, either way, it would have worked pretty good. But I pulled up there in the drive-thru. My whole family loaded up. My coupons are ready to go. And for some reason, before we had left home, I was trying to put that mobile order in, and it just wouldn't go through. It, it just wouldn't go through. And so uh, I thought, well, maybe it's something with the store, and, and uh, maybe there's something that can just be fixed once, once I get there. So we got there, and uh, I started ordering, ordering breakfast, and, and the guy taking my order, he says, oh, I'm sorry, but we're not serving breakfast at this time. Is it not 10 o'clock in the morning? And I thought to myself, are you kidding me? I just spent all these reward points on these coupons. And now these coupons are going to expire if I don't use them. And I can't use them for breakfast at Chick-fil-A. I want my breakfast from Chick-fil-A. Come on, man. And, uh, and uh, he, he told that to me. And I just, you know, I, I kind of got into the phase where I was, uh, guys, you know what I'm talking about here, uh, a little hangry. You know what I'm talking about? Just I'm hungry. And because I'm hungry, I'm not happy. <laughs> and uh, now I'm not going to get the food. So I'm not, I'm, I'm hangry. All right. And so you know what I did? He told me that we didn't have any, uh, they didn't have any breakfast food, and so I just drove off. And I didn't think I like just sped off or anything, but I just drove off without responding to him at all. And my wife turns to me uh, while we're driving down the road and you know, I'm just kinda well, a little bit ticked. You know, I'm just like, man, I just wanted my breakfast from Chick-fil-A, is too much to ask for? And my wife said, that was rude. Excuse me? Like where did that come from? And, you know, the the Holy Spirit was just like, well, yeah, you probably should've handled that a little bit better. I mean, it's just a breakfast from Chick-fil-A. I know, it's just a breakfast from Chick-fil-A and it would've made my day, but uh, anyway. uh, So I was feeling bad and a couple weeks later I was in the same drive-through and and that was during the time, and and, uh, Chick-fil-A is great, that was during the time when they chose not to serve breakfast and open up early. I get it. I just didn't know about it, okay? It caught me by surprise. Um, but a couple weeks later, you know, I, I just had that in the back of my mind, and maybe I'm just an overthinker. But I thought, you know, that, that, that was still, that was rude. And if I ever see that guy again at Chick-fil-A, hopefully he didn't quit because of me, but uh, if I ever see that guy again from Chick-fil-A, I, I, I want to apologize. And so I was in the drive through one day, and, and uh, he was actually working inside the window there. And so I, I pull up, and, and uh, it was him. I said, well, Lord, this is it. I'm gonna apologize for being rude two weeks ago, and uh, and so I, I mentioned it to him, and he's just kind of looking at me like, "What?" And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I was kind of rude. I just kind of sped off, and and uh, I, it was rude of me. I just want to apologize. He said, "Well, I, I I don't really remember that, but but thank you." I said, "Well, I feel better now. Thank you. Have a good day." And uh, so it was all all over and done with. You know, our words can be pleasant, but they could also hurt. And I I don't. I don't know, that situation, it might be a little silly. But at times, we we kind of get caught up in a moment, don't we? We kind of uh, act before we think about it. And so our words, it's amazing the abilities our words can have. We understand that our words have so many abilities, especially um, this one here, because there's so, so much... Uh, ability to our words. The last one here is they can be precise. Sometimes it's just good to be a little more precise in what we talk about. You know what I'm saying? Some, something is better to not, uh, sometimes it's better not to talk, to not share everything that's on your mind. Sometimes it's better just to let someone else have a chance to talk in the conversation. Sometimes I think, man, people just, someone just really enjoys hearing the, their voice, you know, their own voice. They, they just really like to talk right now. Uh, but the Bible says in Proverbs 17, 28, even a fool when he holdeth his peace is counted wise. What a good verse is that? I'll tell you. And, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Proverbs 25, 11 says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. There's an opportune time to say something, but sometimes it's better to not say something. Sometimes it's better to hold your peace. And I'm not saying anybody's a fool around here. But even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. So we have all these abilities here that are words, a lot of uses for them. They can bring life and they can take life. But no matter how effective the orator is, man's words, and here we get to the second category, man's words cannot even compare to God's word. If I could, this evening, I'd like to just describe to you the best I can what God's word is. If I could begin to describe God's word to you tonight, I I would say God's word is absolute and it's amazing. God's word is beautiful and blessed, comforting and cleansing, dependable and divine. God's word is eternal and essential. God's word is free, praise the Lord for that, and fruitful. God's word is glorious. It's the gospel, it's holy, it's helpful, it's inerrant and it's infallible, it's just. It's the key, it's life, it's mighty and matchless, it's needed, old-fashioned, precious, perfect, quick, righteous, reliable, sharp, truth, understandable, and the ultimate authority. God's word is vital, it's victorious, it's wonderful. X, Y, Z, I couldn't come up with the last three there. But uh, God's word is amazing, isn't it? God's word is so precious. God's word is the, thing, the very thing that can change life, And if you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord as your Savior, if you understand the message from God's Word, if you, if you just allow the gospel to penetrate your heart tonight, there, there's no telling what God can do to a, to a life that's willing to accept Him as their Savior. Because if you trust Christ, He will change your life for the better, and you won't ever regret it. That's God's Word. It's powerful. Tonight, I'd like to just uh, briefly go through. I, I, I'm my eye is on the clock for you, so we'll keep track here. But I love the Bible so much, and the Bible it tells us a little bit about itself in Scripture, and so we're going to look at that tonight. It describing what does God's word have to say of itself. Number one, Hebrews chapter four. Go ahead and turn there. Hebrews chapter four and verse twelve. The Bible says, for the word of God. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, God's word is powerful tonight. It has power. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. I love that verse. God's word tonight is not only powerful, But it's prosperous. We find in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That is what God's word can be used for. It's profitable. Isaiah 55:11 says so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. It's amazing. We have the very living word of God tonight and we can freely have it. I mean, nobody's going to take this from my hands tonight. We have this word of God free of persecution and we have the ability tonight to be a messenger and to take it out into the world, to give the message to this lost and dying world and tell them about a savior who gave them eternal life if they only accept him. That's the the word of God tonight. And you know what God promises us? God promises us that his word will not return void. What a wonderful promise. Uh, I I love bringing that up in prayer before I go out soul winning. Lord, we're going out, we're being obedient to you. We're just gonna give out the gospel and guess what? Lord, I'm so thankful that I have the living word of God that we're giving out and I know because you have promised that your word is not gonna return void. I know that your word is gonna be a seed planted in the heart of somebody today and Lord, may you use your word in an incredible way. You realize it's not the messenger. It's not any kind of ability that we have. You could have the greatest orator uh, come and, 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 and be a soul winner and, and uh, try to be a soul winner and try to uh, do everything in his uh, skill set to convince somebody to get saved, but if the power of the Holy Spirit isn't in it, it's not going to happen. You know why? Because we go forward, not because of our own ability, but because of the power of God and the power of his word that we can be a witness for him. It's not us. It's all God. God is the one who convicts hearts. The Holy Spirit is the one who goes before us and, and he preaches the gospel to them as we're sharing the gospel to, uh, with them. That's what God does with his word. And it doesn't return void. It's prosperous. I'm thankful for that tonight. Amen. Not only is God's word powerful and prosperous, but God's word is preserved. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Isaiah 40 verse 8, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. I'm thankful that we have a preserved word of God. You know what that means? It means that no matter how hard man may try, this word of God is going to last forever. Thy word, O Lord, forever is settled in heaven. They tried to in the Dark Ages, 500 A.D. all the way up to 1500, known as the Dark Ages, they tried to eradicate. They tried to get rid of the Bible. They would burn the Bible. They'd use it as kindling to burn Christians at the stake. If you've ever had the chance to read or or to thumb through, The Trail of Blood is is the book it's called. Uh, specifically about Baptists who lost their lives because they didn't want to bend on this book, and God used them in an incredible way. Over fifty million people martyred for this word right here, and we have it freely in our hands today. I'm thankful that no matter how man no, uh, no matter how hard man may try, God's word is preserved. Not only is God's word preserved, but it is also Permanent. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob, are not consumed. You know, God doesn't change. God's permanent. Hebrews 13:8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. God doesn't change and neither does his word. And I'm thankful, as we described it a little bit earlier, but I'm thankful that we have the word of God that's dependable. It's dependable. It's not going with, the wind, uh, with every wind of doctrine. It's not changing with whatever's popular, but it's, it's true, and it's a pillar, and, and it's a ground that we can stand on as a Christian. This is our solid rock. I'm thankful we have the Word of God that's never going to change. Man may change it. Man may try to come out with the latest version and say, you know what, I don't agree with all that says, so I'm going to change it to meet my needs, but this King James Bible, I'm thankful to have it tonight because it is the permanent Word of God. So, we've talked about man's words tonight. We've talked about God's word tonight. So the question is, as we bring it to an application, what are we to do with God's word? And how do our words, on a daily basis, how do our words reflect God's word? I have a few more pieces for you and we'll be done. Number one, what are we to do with God's word? We are to possess it possess it. As I've said, I'm thankful tonight to be holding a King James Bible. I'm thankful tonight to be holding the timeless Word of God. And because this book that we have is the Word of God, I believe with every fiber of my being that I ought to honor it as such. And I just, I feel led to say it, Uh, this is what I was taught, but I was taught to treat our Bible with the proper etiquette. Uh, when, when, I, when I have a Bible, I was taught as a teenager, maybe it came from Bible college, maybe before that. But I, always, I was always taught to, to reverence the Word of God. I was always taught not to, not to put it on the ground, but to treat it respectfully. I was always taught to keep it on the top of a pile. Even if there's some smaller items underneath, I just like to have my Bible right on top because it's the Word of God. I was taught that I don't throw the Bible. Oh, here, Kesh, here's my Bible. I was taught... Uh, to not doodle in it. It's good to take notes and, and, and things, but not to treat it like a, a scratch of, of doodle paper. I was taught to take care of it. And I was also taught to use it. <laughs> when I bring this Bible to church, I'm not just bringing it just so everybody can see I brought my Bible. But when I bring my Bible to church, I'm, I'm bringing it so I can use it. It's the Word of God and i hope and, and it's it's my challenge too i i i don't want to just put it on the shelf after church is done and say all right i i checked that box brought my bible to church went to church and uh, i'll see you again bible when sunday comes back around but i want to i want to use it man i i i want it to uh, i want to use it so much that actually it shows and and this is a newer bible but uh, i i want it to show like i i love seeing some of uh, of our uh more elderly folks here tonight that that have bibles they've had for you know, 50 plus years and that thing's just, it's falling apart, not because they don't treat it right, but because they just use it so often. And it's amazing to see. But let's reverence this word of God tonight. I'm thankful for the technology that we can have the Bible on our phone. I'm thankful we can have it on our tablet. But I, I tell you what, there's nothing like holding a physical copy of God's word in your hand. But not only should we physically possess God's word tonight, we should also possess it in our hearts the Bible says in Psalm 119, 11, thy word have I, what? Hit in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119, verse nine says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success Psalm one says, "But his delight, the blessed man's delight, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night." We must possess it in our heart. We must read it so much and memorize it so much that if if it were taken away tomorrow, that we would just have we, we'd have it up here. And we could use it. We could, we could share the gospel with somebody. We could use it for encouragement. Uh, Lord, bring a, a, a verse to your mind and, and uh, that he'll use it and, and encourage you each day. But let us work on it. That's something you got to work at. It doesn't come naturally. You have got to work at it, but work at possessing the word of God in our hearts. Because there may be a day, there may be a day where we can't have a copy of God's word in our hands. There may be a day where it's illegal. There may be a day where somebody comes and seizes your bible but if that were to happen tomorrow would would you know enough of it to keep it fresh in your mind possess it number 2 let us practice let us practice the word of god what do we mean by that 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Be ready, be prepared, uh, be practiced up. Proverbs 16.1, The preparations of the heart and man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. You know, the words that we say, the Bible says it's a product of what's in our heart. So whatever's in our heart is going to be revealed by our conversation. The Bible says quickly, and I know I'm running out of time, Matthew 15, verse 8 says, This people, Jesus talking about the Pharisees, draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Further down in verse 11, he says, Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. His disciples are coming to him and say, Lord, what does this mean? I know you're talking about the Pharisees and and they've got a heart problem, but but what does it mean? And he says uh, in verse 17, Do you not uh, yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth cometh forth from the heart, there it is, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. What we say is just a mere product of what's in our heart. Hearing God's word is great, but doing it is even better. We know that verse. It says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, in James one twenty two, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For if he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, uh, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Being a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Our conversation, what we do, what we say, and not just on Sunday, but what we do throughout the week, does it reflect God's Word? The last point, and we'll be done, is what should we do with His Word? We should proclaim it. And that's an obvious one. 2 Timothy 4, 2. Preach the Word. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Mark 16, 15. And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." Preaching is simply proclaiming God's message and you don't have to be a preacher or have that title to preach God's message. You don't have to be a preacher to to proclaim the word of God. That's something that we all as uh, as children of God, that is our responsibility. We must take this word of God and we must proclaim it to a lost and dying world. So my question to you tonight is how much and how much do my words reflect God's word? Have I allowed God's word to fill my heart? The word. It's amazing how it should go hand in hand. The words we say and what God's word says. So may we be challenged by that tonight. And if maybe there is something that that isn't right, you may maybe look past uh, in this past week and think back to your conversations and think back to situations that you had did my words please God? Did the words I use were, were they helpful? Were they hurtful? Did they, did they proclaim God's word? Did they have any kind of substance that, that uh, was, was reflecting God's word? Or do I have something to work on?